But my hope comes from the fact that as much as there is evidence that trauma can transmit across generations, I strongly and wholeheartedly believe that healing can too. You're listening to the Experience Freedom Podcast. I'm your host, Ajene Gaylord, and I endeavor to educate, encourage, and empower women to embrace emotional healing and eradicate the stigma of mental health in the body of Christ. After a brief recap by Michelle from our last episode, we continue our freedom series as we talk more about the intergenerational transmission of trauma. So stay tuned. That's why I so want to support mothers in the role that they have, the words that they speak to their children, Mm -hmm. the culture that they create. I feel like what you and I are talking about as far as, you know, health and healing and such is so important because we are in this like middle generation that if we can help the generations that have already gone before us see that we're not mad at them for the way they parented us, but there's healing available for them. Yeah. And then also for us in our healingness to spread healing to the ones coming behind us by not allowing those words and uh, beliefs to become so ingrained in them that they get to 40 and they're still dealing with stuff. Yeah. Like I, I think it was Frederick Douglass actually who had, uh, I mean, I've seen the quote credited to him. Yeah. The quote that you mentioned is it is easier to build strong children than repair broken men. Yes. That's yes. This is why a lot of what I do uh, not just academically, but even what I believe I'm called to do within the body of Christ is to, I research about the intergenerational transmission of trauma, because that is becoming more and more prevalent in the academic and social science space where we're now recognizing wait a minute, trauma tr- can transmit across generations. And studies were done for survivors of the Holocaust and their children and grandchildren. Studies have been done for survivors of the 9-11 attacks and pregnant women, women who were pregnant at the time of the event and what has happened to their children's uh, biology systems and other outcomes. We do understand historical trauma. We look at statistics among oppressed groups. So we look at natives in the U.S. and in Canada and in Australia who succumb to these devastating outcomes and descendants of uh, uh, American slaves who have all these different types of statistics that they are now addressing and dealing with. And so the awareness of the transmission of trauma is becoming more and more prevalent in the research and in academics and in social science and trying to discover and identify that this actually does transmit. But it's not new information because the Bible shows us through how the children of Israel um, 
operated and a lot of the events that occurred around the children of Israel and how God uh, uh, conversed with them and met with them and dealt with them shows this intergenerational transmission of trauma. But I think that there's a much more powerful message to be shared which is, yes, we can recognize the trauma, we can recognize the issues. And like you, I too desire to see mothers in particular, women healed because of the beautiful position that we are in, especially today in our generation being Gen Xers, that we are not only are we raising children, but we are also caring for aging parents. We are dealing with faith, helping them to walk through the end of their lives as we are raising up the next generation of lives. And we're the ones that are currently in the middle. Um, some of our generation, because you and I are at the end of our generation, some of our peers uh, within our generation actually have children old enough to be millennials, right? And so, and we have children who are in the iGen you know, or the Generation Z group. And so we're still raising and influencing those who are eventually going to come up. And we're not yet the oldest generation to be alive. We actually have, you know, two other generations ahead of us as far as how many generations are currently um, alive. So my grand grandmother, who is 91, <laughs> is a part of the silent generation or the greatest generation or the traditionalist who raised the baby boomers, who's my mother, and then who in turn raised me. My nieces are millennials. My children are Gen Zers. And then I have friends who have generation alphas, like they have these seven and under year olds, right? So we have all of these generations on the planet at the same time. And we are right smack dab in the middle. And we, I believe, have the most influence because we sit in the unique position of being able to, like you said, shape the ones who are coming up and influence and share and guide, but then also walk with those who are soon to leave and glean what we can and repair as much as we can so that we can be healthy and whole. As much as I, for many of my years, looked back at my childhood and only focused on the pain and the difficulty, I don't see it that way now. And I'm thankful that I can have a relationship with my mother and I can forgive her for the things that I think that she did or didn't do and all the things and love her and still understand and appreciate she had her own journey. She had her own, her own story. She has her own, you know, things that she was dealing with and it wasn't about me. It involved me and she's responsible just as I am as a mother. I'm responsible for my actions. The hope is that as I repair that relationship, as I choose to forgive, as I choose to heal from those things and the Lord continues to do that work in me, I'm better able now to be a wife and a mother and a friend and a sister and a daughter, right? And I can show up in a better way to now pour into my children and repair those things where I wasn't being a best parent. Um, I, I, I talk or think a lot about writing a book called Parenting from Trauma. <laughs> Basically, mm -hmm. all the things that impacted how I raised my children, the things that I would say, the things that I would do that may have become traumatic for them and taking responsibility for those things without um, being overcome with guilt and shame. 
and being able to extend to them the same healing that I'm walking in, right? Because Mm -hmm. the unfortunate reality is that we are fallen, as I keep saying, and the only thing that can repair that fallenness is a healthy relationship with our creator. We only can receive that through Jesus Christ and the work that he did on the, on the, on the cross. So we can fully realize and experience who we are in our generation. We can look at it as a divinely ordained moment in order to bring that freedom to both our parents, our grandparents, our aunts, you know, our elders, and then be healthy enough to walk out and repair whatever damage we may have done, you know, in the relationship with our children and younger mentees and those type of things and repair that. And and that's the beauty of relationship is that what I've, what I've learned in research is there are many factors that can contribute to repair and healing as far as emotional and chronic stress and trauma, especially when you talk about interpersonal trauma, meaning things that happen within your own relationships and household. And what I've learned is that there are many things that can help. So good sleep, healthy diet, um, healthy lifestyle practices, um, proper meditation or mentalization, meaning things that you can think on. Like all of these things are very, very beneficial um, to helping the body recover, helping for mental health and emotional health. But there is one type of um, agent, I'll call it, that helps the most and it's healthy relationships. What we have found in research is that even in a situation where a parent has been a perpetrator of either, you know, physical or emotional abuse in some context, right? And in a lot of those cases, if child protective services becomes involved, children are removed, they're placed in a safe environment. The whole goal is to get the children safe. And so then, the, and in most situations, um, there is an opportunity for uh, reunification where the child is able to be, go back with the parent and the caregiver and continue on the relationship. The goal is not always permanent separation. So depending on the circumstances, that is typically the goal is to be able to reunify the parent with the child. What we have found is that even for a perpetrating parent, if they are able to heal and they are able to no longer continue with the perpetrating behaviors and they repair the relationship, it is more beneficial to the child's development and healing and recovery than any other treatment or intervention. That is the power of a healthy relationship. Even a parent who's done wrong, even a parent who has hurt their child, if they are able to repair that, it is better for the child's outcome for that parent to heal and repair than any other intervention or treatment. Mm -hmm. And the more we can understand that, the better I believe we can do at healing what we've broken, repairing where we've wounded, you know, overcoming and recovering those things that have been lost. And that to me gives me hope. So as much as I hear the statistics, as much as I did my work and I worked with um, children who had been abused, who had 
we're at risk for abuse. I work with women in domestic violence and all these type of situations. You hear these horrible stories. I work with a woman who had escaped war in Congo and immigrated to this country and was trying to be replanted. She had language barriers and other traumas and issues. And she was trying to start her life over. I've, I've heard all these tragic stories and I have my own story. But my hope comes from the fact that as much as there is evidence that trauma can transmit across generations, I strongly and wholeheartedly believe that healing can too. Mm -hmm. If we can accept the work of Jesus on the cross, if we can believe that he paid the price, if we can walk in and live in and truly embrace that, I think that we can overcome what has bound us for so long. So many of us are bound by the past, bound by what was that what happened to us, overwhelmed by the trauma, overwhelmed by the stress, overwhelmed by the situations and the incidents. And we can't see our way out. But I so wholeheartedly believe that as we embrace what Christ has done for us, that is where we will find our freedom. And that's where we can let go and forgive. Forgiveness is not about the other person. Forgiveness is about us. And that's what Christ demonstrated, that while we were in our sins, he died for us. On the cross, he cried out, Lord, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. We didn't even know what we were doing. We weren't even here at the time of of his sacrifice, but he knew we would come. And he had provided that for us before we were even formed in our mother's womb. God knew us and he knit us together. So before I got dropped on my head or was strangled coming into the world, Christ knew, God knew, and already provided access to healing through a relationship with him. So as much as a parent in, in our natural world can repair and help to heal and help that child overcome. And now that relationship can go on to flourish. Our heavenly father being the most perfect, loving, just holy father that we could ever experience has provided that healthy relationship, that safe place for us. All we have to do is believe. All we have to do is believe. Wow, what an impactful episode. Thank you for joining us as we continue in our Freedom Series. After all of the discussion about intergenerational transmission of trauma, I want us to use this life work for this episode to reflect on all the many ways that we can transmit hope across the generations. Um, maybe just spend some time writing down things that you could recall from grandparents or older generation or parents or even your siblings and peers, things that you can recall from your childhood that uh, provide you with a measure of hope. And we'll see you on our last Freedom Series episode next time. it for this episode. If you have been enjoying listening, please consider sharing and subscribing to the podcast. And until next time, remember, you have been set free to live free. So choose freedom. Freedom.